welcome to the Extensive Reading Podcast. Where we take an intensive look at extensive reading. I'm Jose, and along with me is... Travis. How have you been doing? Well, I'm a little less ganky than you are, apparently. <laughs> no, I like your energy. I like the energy you're bringing here. Um, I'm doing good. Great. Uh, so, uh, today we have the second part of our interview with uh, Dr. Mitsue Tabata Sandom, uh, who, as you know, is an expert in uh, teaching Japanese using ER and researching extensive reading in, in Japanese. Yeah, so this is a continuation of our conversation with her. Um, before, where we were talking specifically about um, kind of Japanese language in general, uh, today we're shifting the topics more towards um, writing graded readers in Japanese and maybe struggles and limitations of doing ER in Japanese. Mm-hmm. So, um, And also, what resources are available Um I was completely unaware before going into this interview of the resources that are there. I only knew the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, so. and so we hope that you'll be as encouraged as we were to find out there there's more. There's more than than I imagined. Uh, yeah, we are, you're also going to hear about the role, possible role of uh, children books and, and comic books for those uh, like us uh, trying to learn to read in Japanese. Mm. And uh, yeah... Yeah, so without further ado, here's the second part of our interview. As, a, as an author of, of graded readers in Japanese, um, you, we got into this a bit, but could you tell us some of the challenges that are unique to, to writing a graded reader in Japanese? We talked about oversimplifying and making it sound childish, but... Yeah, so um, I hope you'll have a chance to talk to all some readers um, uh, who are my research collaborators or Tadoku supporters authors who have been publishing uh, Yomi Yomi Bunko for over 10 years. Um, but um, because I have met them so many times, so I can actually talk their experience on behalf of them. Um, the most interesting thing they said, the difficulty in making Japanese great readers, um, one of the things is um, uh, if they have... Um, out of copyright issue old Japanese stories mm-hmm. and they rewrite, they said lots of Japanese literature or stories don't have um, explicit plot compared to English novels or stories because you know, Japanese is a very contextual language. Japanese um, peoples, you know, personalities are very, very sort of um, reflecting that, like a Japanese, we value, we understand each other without talking too much. So the literature has the same sort of tendency. Mm. Um, if the literature has more subtle feeling, it's a better literature, I think. Sure. So those authors said, try to rewrite old Japanese stories because writers assume 
readers understand without being taught everything. So <laughs> it's so difficult to rewrite because um, to make a good, easy, greedy reader, you need a very, very you know, clear beginning and introduction and a sort of a highlight part and then including sort of happy ending but and a sad ending. But Japanese and literature is like, nantonaku, you know, I don't know how to say nantonaku. Story start, nantonaku start, and then nantonaku ends. So it's very difficult to rewrite um, Japanese great old literature. So that's uh, one party, yeah. I never really yeah. considered that, but I, I can totally under, understand that and see see that that could be really difficult. Yeah. Right? Maybe for, for any culture, right? Not, not just yeah, so many Japanese. Culture influences how stories are told. Yeah. Right. So it's more beautiful if we don't explain or if we, we don't ask everything. Mm -hmm. We just go with the flow without lots of words, <laughs> which is not very helpful for making great readers. <laughs> then another thing, more technical thing, I think some readers want to take off from free enough and they come to a good level. And then... Um, because I'm not a vocabulary specialist, I don't want to think about how and then when we should win learners off from Furigana. Mm. That's just beyond my brain. So I we have just decided to put Furigana all the time, but we have to be serious and start thinking about how and when we should stop using Furigana so the learners can challenge their own country knowledge because some learners want to challenge. They hate free Ghana. The other ones, no, sure. Japanese learners, they hate Ghana because they think, I know this country. Right. I don't need that. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's hard to imagine, but I guess it must happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I have a similar feeling when I'm reading children books that are written for children and there's no kanji. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. much harder it's, to understand. Where does oh, the word start? Where does it end? If there's no kanji, it's it's really more difficult yeah. to read. Sometimes. sometimes, sometimes you know the meaning. You, you, as you said, you see the kanji and you know what it means, or or at least you know one of the meanings. So you have a clue, but then that clue is completely. Um, it's taken away, so you yeah, lost just written it's in. Just, it's a stream of syllables, and yeah. Kanji, if you know kanji, actually helps your visual processing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so lots of my students and I did sort of interview or think aloud method when they were reading um, lots of different texts. Um, they have to say how they feel while they are reading, and lots of them say like. Why it's not written in kanji? And they're complaining. So they, some of them didn't like simplified takes. When I didn't even use iku, kuru, taberu, mm -hmm. they, those simple kanji should be used. So they totally agree with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any other uh, difficulties in doing or teaching ER? in Japanese that we didn't mention and you would like to tell us about? Um, 
As long as teachers know and the learners know, as I said, because um, Japanese um, is um, uh, a grunative language, so subtle syntax might not be uh, possible to be learned just through extensive reading. All other aspects are very, very similar to English extensive reading. So I don't think we have any difficulty. And then one thing um, we are lucky, um, I enjoy listening to Professor Takase's interview. And then she said, it's actually more difficult to motivate teachers, some teachers, to implement extensive reading. But Japanese extensive reading uh, have a sort of a fortune. Um, as uh, far as I know, all Japanese teachers are so open about any method, and especially they are so open about extensive reading. So they are dying to start doing extensive reading. So we yeah. have only, yeah, we have only um, um, positive side. So um, one side is um, teachers have to know extensive reading doesn't teach everything because of the nature of the language. But any other um, aspect of extensive reading practice, um, uh, I think that L2 Japanese is very fortunate. But if um, you allow me to mention one thing, it's not only Japanese, but also English, second language English too. Um, my mentor, another mentor, John McAllister, he always emphasized that um, it's very, very important to gain uh, support from um, accountability holders, like educational institutions, um, administrative um, top admin people, um, because um, I have been only working in at universities, and then all the curriculum, uh, most of the curriculum, maybe maybe not all, most of the curriculum core are designed by administrators who are not necessarily language specialists. Hmm. So if they don't understand the virtue of extensive reading, we don't have freedom to implement extensive reading. And then John McCarissa in his article said, um, to some teachers and to some learners, uh, simply reading uh, something, grade reader, does not appear to be um, sort of meaningful classroom activity. <laughs> so some learners, you know, teachers have, you know, uh, prejudices against reading time in classroom. In class. mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's probably not only L2 Japanese, but also uh, L2 any language. If teachers want to start extensive reading, they have to obtain uh, support of admin people. Mm -hmm. And uh, admin people have um, flexible brains. <laughs> <laughs> not always. Not always, yeah. right. Yeah. It's not always easy. <laughs> You mentioned that um, Japanese teachers are uh, mostly eager and willing to, to do extensive yeah. reading, but can you tell us about the kind of extensive reading resources that are in Japanese now? You'd mentioned a couple already. Yeah, so um, I think um, there are altogether probably not even 
500. So there is a definite shortage of good readers. But as far as I know, we have um, Tadoku supporters, Yomu Yomu Bunko, and some of them even is available online now. So it's very exciting. And then we also have Nihongo, um, Nihongo de Yomu Sendai Miyagi series, uh, which is um, published, I think more like locally, so Sendai or Miyagi, a little bit most part of Japan. And by, um, sorry, I don't know the um, very dispassionate teacher's name, I think the gentleman. So he's passionately making uh, great readers and uh, using local um, Miyagi and the Sendai um, local area stories. Hmm. So I don't know if it's uh, available at the bookshop. And then another thing is, um, uh, I have to see that, you know, I have in fact sort of preparing for today. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Japan Foundation, Kokusai Koryu Kiking, um, there is an office in Kansai, so Kansai Kokusai Koryu Kiking, so abbreviated KC, Kansai Kokusai. So K, is that abbreviation? But anyway, KC, KC Yomu Yomu series, uh, which is available and then downloadable for anybody without worrying about copyright. Oh, and wow, I think really they have about 20 um, very, very nicely done uh, graded readers. And uh, they kindly uh, gave us support because some of the format is so beautifully uh, done. So I asked them if I can sort of, uh, use their format for our website, Yumimono uh, Ippai, and they were so supportive. They said, yeah, go ahead. So some of the graded readers in on our website and the KC Yom Yom um, website are very similar, but they gave us permission. And then another thing, um, one of my former students, she's a um, very, very strong uh, supporter for my research, um, Jennifer Lang, I can't pronounce her family name. Um, she actually gave me a good um, link. And do you know, um, it's called Greg no Dame Nikki? It's originally uh, young, uh, not young adult, I think it's more like a primary school kids paperback for L1 English readers. And then my son and then my daughter, I think they were reading when they were little kids. And then this Greg no Dameniki, because it's already Japanese title, it's actually being translated to 40 languages. Hmm. One of them is Japanese, and uh, and I checked out um, briefly, and uh, it's it's very very good resource I think. It's a very uh, several um uh, volume series. This boy Greg is not very very cool guy, but sincere guy. He does lots of funny things, and uh, so it's translated into Japanese that you can read online. Oh, great, great. And Chinese, and lots of language, yeah. So it's called Greg no Dame Nikki. Dame means no good. So Greg is just a donk sai. Yeah. And then another one, sorry, I'm not a very, very rich researcher, so I don't have any copy, but it is a very famous one. Oxford Brooks Universities. I think Japanese instructors or professors put their effort together, and then they have I think of three or four labels, it is actually genuine graded Japanese graded readers, and they're probably available at the bookshop. 
yeah, and then um, I take that for today's interview, and then uh, sample can be viewable on, online, and then it looks very traditional literature, so it's not very light reading. Maybe you want to check it out. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And then my website. <laughs> <laughs> So everything get together, put them together, still very, very small amount. And but getting more and then if I can add one thing, uh, not only uh, we don't have lots of greedy readers, but also there is a very, very one um satisfying factor for me. And maybe Yongmyeon Bunko's authors do not agree with me, but I think um, I was talking with Paul, Paul Nation, and then he said, um, oh, Mitsue, Japanese great readers, they are very, very short. And then naughty Paul, even if he doesn't read Japanese, he still checks out Japanese great reader, and he said, each volume is like a pamphlet. And then he said, if Tekis is so short, um, there is not many frequency for learner readers to encounter some target words, mm -hmm. and it's not actually good for vocabulary learning, and I totally agree with them. So, in short, I really want to start making with other passionate teachers um, more difficult, close to native level um, text, and then much longer text. Currently available Japanese great readers are far too short. And then I actually talked with authors of Yomiyon Bunko and then um, vice chairperson, uh, Ms. Makiko Awano, kindly explained why they are so short. She said, um, because uh, language learners find it difficult to read long tickets. And so um, I think that's very true. So. For beginning level, that's very, very important to keep taking short, but language learner, as they progress to the higher level, they really have to start reading long takes, mm -hmm. and then they really have to enjoy making their uh, a little bit technical term situation model of the takes they are reading. So the situation model is uh, understanding of the takes added by their life experience, understand of culture, or more, you know, deep discourse, you know, understanding. And then so um, if language learners uh, do not try to train themselves to establish a solid situation model, reading a long text and enjoy sort of a developing very in-depth situation model and enjoy, oh yeah, this story might go this way, might go that way. And if language learners cannot develop such skill, I don't think um, those such readers, uh, language readers, um, language learner readers can never master second language reading in a genuine term. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this is a very, very sort of a big, not too much to ask, but I always um, 
have a very high hope for my students. Yeah, yeah otherwise you're kind of leaving them at a, a kind of a gap between where the graded reader ends and, and where native level reading begins. Yeah. Hmm. And then I believe everybody can master Japanese reading. Oh, well, that's encouraging. It remains to be seen. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So. Um, no, I, I just think you have to start somewhere. You have to start with uh, short texts. Uh, like yeah. at the end, at the end of the day, it takes you just as long to read a short text when you're a beginner reader. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, so, yeah. Yeah. Lots of them. Lots of them. It's. I liked it that you mentioned Makiko Awano. I've yeah, read yeah. some of her books. And... Yeah. And she is so um, you know, active. Yeah. Um, pioneer. Um, I have um very very strong uh, you no know, deep respect. She's awesome. Um, yeah, she came to University of Hawaii when I was some um, faculty member, and uh, we had a um, extensive reading workshop with some um, two pioneers, Richard Day, mm-hmm. uh, and Awano, uh, no, Miss uh, Makiko Awano. So I had two pioneers in uh, English extensive reader reading and uh, Japanese extensive reading. So um, yeah, we did a very awesome extensive reading workshop. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so you told us about our graded readers in Japanese. Um, do you think it's good to to read books written for um, Japanese children? That's a very, very interesting question. Um, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so um, if you can kindly put this one as a good reading, um, Again, my direct mentor, Stuart Webb, and then my long-time mentor, John McAllister. Um, these um, scholars um, all come from Victoria University of Wellington, where I did my master's and PhD. So I have so many awesome reading specialists. So Stuart Webb and then John McAllister actually wrote an uh, article for Tesla Portary. Yes. And it's quite, yeah. So I have to see that my note again. It's called, um, uh, is Tekis written for children youth for L2 extensive reading? So if you have interest in this issue, topic, I strongly recommend you read this article. Um, so um, they checked out quantitatively children's books and then they said, Mm, like a vocabulary fluence because Stuart Webb is a vocabulary specialist and John Marker is a reading specialist. So they said um, children's books are actually no idea for um, no language learner. Um, so I might be wrong because I didn't read this article again. But um, from my experience, my own research, you know, um, vocabulary range is so different. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. So I got children books are very particular vocabulary which are not available for language learners. Um, so for example, do you know a um, story called Three Axes? No, no. no. <laughs> or maybe Urashima Taro. Oh, sure. uh, 
fishing boy. Yeah, it's a very Japanese traditional folk tale. So, Urashimukashiarutokoroniurashimataroimashtaroashi is a fisherman, but I don't know any textbook. Uh, at least for elementary level and uh, intermediate level for uh, L2 Japanese learners, uh, which carry ryoshi. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So all of my students, they cannot understand what's the job of Urashima Taro. What's his job? Yeah. Right. yeah. So um, they don't know most of the keywords which come in children's uh, sort of old traditional folk tales. And, and so the folk tales, I think, are very, very difficult to understand. Mm. And then, like, uh, if you talk about manga... That's what I was man- going to ask, yeah. Mangas also have very particular words. And then um, Jose Kanjuri interesting mentioned about Chibi Maruko-chan's uh, manga, comic book. Um, if it's good for language learner to practice reading. But you know, think about even title, Chibi Maruko-chan. The title itself already poses difficulty because Chibi doesn't come. Sega Hikikikui comes in the, the beginning level Japanese structure textbook, mm. but I don't know any text carry Chibi. Chibi. <laughs> yeah, and then Maruko-chan. I know Chan because Japanese host mother called me Chan. You know, Lucy Chan or something, but sure. what's sure. Maruko? And so um, you really have to be careful. If you know lots of things about like a, a space story, I'm sure you enjoy um, children's books about space stories because you have vocabulary probably, mm-hmm. or you guess. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know anything about, um, you know, like a ordinary neighborhood of Japan, you can probably you not know, enjoy Chibi Maruko-chan. Lots of neighbors come and do lots of things. And so protocols are there. So vocabulary difficult and then cultural connotations very difficult. Mm-hmm. I would say so, it was... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, in the No, in my experience, it was it was really funny, but I, yeah. I, had, I would have to invest a lot of time and it was definitely not... I was not reading the way you read ext- when you're doing extensive reading. I had to have my dictionary with me, and it would take forever to mm. to read four pages. But it was really funny at the end. It was yeah, but yeah. it was not. But it was not extensive reading. That's yeah. That, yeah. That's the thing. A few years ago, I had tried with um, Slam Dunk, which was like a basketball manga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was um, so- somewhat <laughs> successful. <laughs> I got a lot of vocabulary that I that I haven't used since, <laughs> so it wasn't the most useful reading, but it was it was fun. Yeah, so um, it doesn't have to be extensive reading. So as I said, I'm more like a strong supporter for uh for strength. Yeah. yeah. So um, and especially because I belong to an educational institution, and then those um great reader authors, they are more like a free language teacher. They don't belong to institutions so we have a different stance but because i belong to institutions so i really want to emphasize the benefit of studying in a classroom so um, i love to use a slam dunk of chibi maruko-chan even if vocabulary range is difficult for my students because we have like a 20 students 
20 grain, no 40 eyes, and then plus I can support them. So why don't we just use Chip Chimalco-chan and then maybe do grammar translation method as long as it doesn't become unbearable. Mm -hmm. And so we read together and after we read five pages together and then in the classroom, we want to discuss, we want to you know, point out what's the most difficult part for this group, that group, because I'm um, talking about what we read is actually helping students to develop um, their sort of understanding sort of ability. So like, uh, I think it's very good, you know, sometimes you read the comic books, even if you think of first 10 pages, oh, they are very difficult actually, but keep going and then in the end they enjoy. That's another way to study language. Mm. Another strand. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, one thing I like about four strands and and what you just said is is uh, there's not just one method, right? You'd mentioned this earlier. You should make use of of every method available to learn the language. And extensive reading, what we believe, is is one important method, but not the yeah. only one, right? Yeah. So, so um, maybe you can make online uh, book club and then invite Japanese people. No Japanese friends and then partners and then read the book. Maybe too easy for Japanese people, but they can become your teacher. And then using Skype and then talk about something. No, like oh, I didn't understand why this lady didn't say to him, "I love you." And then and then maybe Japanese book club member said, "Oh no, no, in Japanese, we don't say that." Mm -hmm. And then because that's a Japanese cultural beauty. And, and then you can sort of develop a cultural understanding. Yeah. Yeah. That's very important. Do everything. Yeah. 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 Right, we'll see you next week for uh, our book meeting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for volunteering. I'm, no, I'm happy to um, be a part of it. Yeah. Um, I'm worried about the time. We've kept you for an yeah, hour already. Yeah, we've kept you for an hour. Is there any... Uh, yeah. There's a number of questions we've kind of answered already in our conversation. Um, anything else you would like to touch on? Maybe about some of your own research or... Uh, so um, maybe um, yeah, I have to talk very precisely because I always talk too much. Um, so my research, um, my research will take more sort of... Um, integrated way because as I said I don't want to just extensive reading and so um, I want to do the research about uh, repeated reading and then more qualitative like what would happen if we have Japanese um, book club, Japanese language learners book club and then maybe I want to qualitative data and then so um, yeah I want to do lots of different things that's my research, but about um, L2 Japanese extensive reading, um, if somebody like me is listening, I want to beg those people to write journal articles in English because although all Japanese teachers I know, they are open to extensive reading, so practitioners are very, very active, but I don't think we have a strong 
scholarly uh, input debate for extensive reading. So I want to make L2 Japanese extensive reading more um, academically, theoretically um, supported. Mm -hmm. So I want to see more English written article in major um, linguistic uh, journals. I have to, you know, sub, uh, publish a little bit bigger one. I haven't been doing very well, but I want my fellow scholars to write in English because they hate writing in English. <laughs> publish only in Japanese, so they don't come out of Japan. But we really have to have more little Japanese extensive reading articles in English in the international arena. So that's my very, very desperate um, request. And then for all the scholars, probably all the scholars, especially to English extensive reading specialists, they of course know much more than me. Um, but um, if some of them uh, don't know, but um, so I want to mention that um, my classmate or colleague from University of Hawaii, his name is Dr. Yunsuk Ro. He published great article in Applied Linguistics 2017, first uh, issue, I think. And then I think something like that is actually opening a new uh, direction for extensive reading research. His research is based on his uh, deep um, conversation analysis knowledge. So he actually uh, took a data of um, three people talking, uh, experiencing extensive reading in English. I think they are Korean learners studying English. So he showed that uh, these learners actually learning language items. So he said, yes, through extensive reading, second language learning actually occurred. Mm. He said, like, until this article, that aspect has not been thoroughly uh, researched. So I think um, one uh, about his article is very beautiful qualitative research. And then the other thing, he actually shed light on new aspect and the research aspect. Extensive reading actually um, create language learning. He actually showed it more vividly. So um, I want to see more new orientation mm -hmm. of reading research. So yeah, Good. yeah. Sorry, again, very long. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't catch the name of this last researcher. Could you repeat um, his name? Yunsuk Ro. Yunsuk Ro. Yeah, Ro is Mr. Uh, Doctor Ro. Mm -hmm. uh, R O. Oh, okay. R -O. Yeah. So I just I'll just search R O Applied Linguistics 2017. Should come on. Yeah. It should come on. Yeah. Okay. Very big. Yeah. Article. So yeah, I think I see everything, and then yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you so much for for spending so much time with us yeah. and giving. <laughs> Giving um, me a lot yeah. of encouragement into my own study of Japanese. So. Yeah, you will be a master of reading, Japanese reading. So <laughs> I don't have any doubt. And thank you for having me. And uh, um, that was my uh, honor to be able to talk with you. Thanks. Thank you.
Well, that was the end of our long interview with uh, Dr. Mitsue Tabata-Sandam, uh, to whom we are very grateful. Yeah, grateful for all the time she gave us. And uh, yeah, lots of uh, lots of nice insights and experiences and resources. Resources, definitely. And speaking of those resources, on our WordPress, we'll be having links to um, all the things that we mentioned and the articles that we mentioned in this in this episode. So if you had forgotten, it is erpodcast.wordpress.com. Yeah, we'll be trying to leave all the uh, relevant links, uh, make them easy to access. Yeah. Uh, so uh, links to graded readers and, and uh, yeah, more stuff you can read about extensive reading and extensive reading in Japanese. And while you're there, um, leave a comment because we have a question. <laughs> what is our question? Yes, uh, Dr. Tabata Sandum uh, is not very fond of the use of books for children uh, or books for native speakers of the target language in general uh, for extensive reading. Uh, but I know that for many practitioners of extensive reading, those books can be very valuable. Like, for example, collections like the Oxford Reading Tree uh, have been uh, used extensively <laughs> in many uh, extensive reading programs uh, successfully but also uh, it's been argued and I think reasonably that uh, those books uh, vocabulary level is way higher than uh, what uh, at least our students can yeah. deal with so or at least has um, infrequent words mm -hmm. that come up right so so there's a debate there. Uh, what's the role of these books? Should we use them? Should we not? What do you think? Uh, yeah, please send us your thoughts uh, and comments. Uh, send us a comment. Send us an email. What's our email address? exrpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that's exrpodcast at gmail.com. You know what? I would appreciate you not sending us an email on that, putting it in the comments so we can kind of generate a discussion in the comments. Forget about the email then. <laughs> <laughs> but don't forget about the email. If there's any other comment or any feedback you have on the podcast in general, we'd love to hear it. So again, that's exrpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, tell us about topics you think we should be covering or uh, people you think, you think uh, we should be interviewing or just plainly what we're doing wrong, um, which, of course, might be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, again, let me let me repeat. Uh, for those of you who would like to download the episodes, uh, it's it's not quite obvious. Uh, just uh, where, where you see the the player uh, in WordPress, just go to. There's an icon on the right that looks like a Parthenon or a Greek um, temple. You click there, and then you access archive.org, and then there are then you can find the files in different formats. Um, Yes, what else today? Oh, uh, on February 18th. What are we doing on February 18th, Travis? Well, we are spending the afternoon with the Japanese ER Association, JERA. They'll be having a meeting at Kyoto Gaidai. That's Kyoto... University of for Foreign Studies. Foreign Language Studies, right? Foreign Studies. Foreign Studies. Good. And, yeah, not just the afternoon, from, from the morning. <laughs> Although Travis might be there in the afternoon only. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. See you there, maybe. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, and yeah. we'll uh, we'll be having um, we'll have the opportunity to, to see uh, some of 
our guests, our previous guests that hopefully, day. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, well, not hopefully, most pro- most likely, yeah. Uh, Atsuko Takase uh, is presenting, and uh, Aaron Campbell, mm-hmm. um, who we who talk, told us about the uh, Readers for Readers project uh, in episode twelve. And, uh, so we can have a little uh, ER podcast get together and reunion party. How about that? Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> and you're invited, dear listener. Yeah. So. That'll do it for today. Uh, for our next episode, what do we have? In our next episode, we'll go back to ER in English, but we'll visit another country. We'll be in Malaysia. Malaysia. Yeah, we'll be speaking with uh, secondary school teacher Navinder Kaur, mm-hmm. and she'll be giving uh, us some insight on on how she's developed an ER program in Malaysia. So, yeah, if you want to send us questions for her, it's too late. It's Sorry. too late. We've already recorded an interview. <laughs> <laughs> but she seemed very willing to to talk about her experiences. So if there's a burning question you have after hearing that interview, I'd be willing to bet she'd be more than happy to answer your question. Yeah. You can send her an email. We'll get her contact info there in our in our podcast notes. So mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it for today. Until next time. Happy, happy reading. reading. Thank you.